Hello, and welcome to our fifth podcast from The Process Effect. Our topic today is magical momenting, <laughs> which I know sounds a little interesting. I at first wanted to talk about magical thinking because that's something that we tend to fall into. It's something that has a productive side, but sometimes it's not so productive. The more I started thinking about magical thinking, we can't think about magical thinking without thinking about the work of Piaget and this idea of a child's stages of development and how children develop efficacy. I thought, you know, I don't want to have to jump into, go down, and then have to crawl back out of the Piaget magical thinking rabbit hole. So instead, I thought, well, let's think about what what is it that I actually want to talk about? What is magical in our lives? And how is it that we can start to apprehend, comprehend, use, notice those moments? And so really, if we want to talk about magical moments, but we want to turn that into something that's sort of actionable, then Let's just talk about magical moment-ing. <laughs> yeah. So let's roll back to the way that we usually think and the way that we normally manage moments. Maybe we have a rushed way that we manage the moment or a pragmatic way that we manage the moment or the hopeful or the optimistic or the wishful or the resigned or the determined or let's just make it through this moment. <laughs> Every day we plan but end up rushed anyway. Arms full of whatever the day needs, bag filled with lunch and juice and calendar and laptop and phone and lip gloss, well, whatever you have in your bag. At 6.30, 6.45 seems far away, <laughs> but at 6.46, we're sure we've forgotten that one thing the day will have to manage without whatever it is. We grab our things, rush out, lock the door, stumble to adjust that last shoe strap before descending the stairs and entering the next new day and its collection of moments. But where does the rushing come from when we have that same routine day after day? Which single adjustment would make the rushing stop? Do we love the rush of rushing more than the calm of a routine? Maybe a better routine would help, or surrendering our need to procrastinate, or surrendering our careful planning that we know as we plan we will not enact. I might be talking to myself there. Or surrendering the way we've resigned ourselves to just making it through because this is just the way it is. Does any of that sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe we just need a little magic. And I understand, magic will not help me get there on time. It will not help me stop rushing. It will not help me stop procrastinating. It will not make me stop giving up. Maybe I just need for my moments to have a little magic in them. Let me explain what I mean by that and how magic is just part of the equation. Magic is not some pointy-hatted wizard in a child's book waving a wand and changing things with a whoosh and a string of Latin words, and it's not some women deep in the forest circling a cauldron, Macbeth-style chanting incantations. That's not what I mean by magic. Magic is that spark that elevates us. Magic is that music in a quiet room that only you can hear. The soft breeze of a warm 
ocean, the dry wind before the haboob's wonder, the white sky like a lid before a snowstorm. Magic is that hint in the liminal moment that life is open and limitless and anything is possible. We have been magical, or <laughs> we have named the magic in the world since the 14th century. In the prologue to the Canterbury Tales, Chaucer speaks of a man who kept his patient by his magic natural. Buckingham's Lives of Saints in 1447 speaks of the might of magic or enchantment. The Oxford English Dictionary describes this way of using the word magic. The oldest in the English language as the use of ritual activities or observances which are intended to influence the course of events. Now catch that. Ritual activities or observances which are intended to influence the course of events or manipulate the natural world. It's fascinating, isn't it? Our preoccupation with rituals and processes which we intend to use to manipulate our lives and habits and schedules our natural world. But we tend to explain them as productivity techniques rather than magic. When we speak of magical things in our daily lives, we think of those things without an apparent explanation, an inexplicable influence producing surprising results. Those are also definitions from the OED, of course, and this use of magic dates from the 17th century when the term had moved from the rare occult moment to simply an incredible surprise in everyday life. I love the traces of uses of magical from Shakespeare to the present day, the most magically magical of any magic. <laughs> the magical effect, their magical variety, a magical sort of way, the almost magical velocity of light. He is one of the magical things of the world, this haunting, magical sadness. Paris, that magical city. Ugh. So you have to forgive me. I love the adjectival form of magic. I just love it. And I love the way it's been used through time, and I love using it as a modifier right now. And in what I just said, that one line, he is one of the magical things of the world, is he not? It's about the composer Franz Schubert. Here's more of the quote. Here's the one that comes right before that. But surely one may be forgiven for whistling Schubert, she said. He is one of the magical things of the world, is he not? I love that. <laughs> That's from E.F. Benson's Climber of 1908, Magical. <laughs> what is the magical moment? Why is it that we think that it's so rare? <laughs> My tendency is to think that maybe we've just forgotten to notice when the magical moments arrive. And it's only in retrospect that we think, what happened yesterday? Tell me about your day, blah, 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 blah. And then, or what happened last week or what happened that summer? And you think and nothing really happened, right? Oh, well, that, I don't know. And then you start describing it and you realize that you're really stringing together pearl after pearl after pearl, magical moment after magical moment. And it's only in retrospect that we tend to see them as the pearls that they are. When I think of a moment that has magic within it, I think of the Hebrew word kadash and this idea of something holy, something set aside for a special purpose. If you've noticed, not all moments 
seem to have the capacity for magic or magicalness. <laughs> That's, that doesn't work, by the way, but I'm leaving it in. But some moments really, really do. <laughs> Those moments at which an inexplicable influence transforms things with surprising results. Those are the moments at which I see our little liminal betweenness transformed. Moments at which Kadosh is revealed and put to use. Magical moments. Holy moments. Moments of transformation and surprise. And I'm so grateful when and as they arrive. So let me make a few suggestions. Earlier I said that, well, what did I say? Basically hindsight is twenty twenty. I said that we tend to notice these magical moments in retrospect. It's so difficult sometimes to catch ourselves in a magical moment. So let's all try together, individually, separately, together, let's all try to notice. Let's notice past our busyness, our rushedness, our optimism and wish. You know, wishes can hide what's actually happening. We're so fixated on next and what we want to happen that we're not here. So let's notice past our optimism, our wish, our determination, our resignation, our need to control the moment. Let's notice past those things and try to catch those magical moments in the net of our attention. Those moments are for you. They are you. So this week, as you go about your regular routine, see what you can notice. Try to notice the moments as they are instead of trying to push them into your calendar, into your schedule, thinking about productivity, thinking about your Pomodoro technique. Am I ahead? Am I behind? Try to notice the moment as it is. When things happen that are magical, because those things will happen, when the unexpected, surprising thing happens as a result of some inexplicable influence of something else, something that is not you, something behind or in or beyond the moment. When that happens, make a note of it. If you keep a journal, make notes about it in your journal. If you have a friend that you speak to, a partner in life, your own children who need to learn to notice these things as well, mention it. Make a note of it, talk about it, celebrate it, and continue noticing. Wherever you are, wherever you're starting from, just keep going. Whatever you're confronting this week, you can do it. And whenever you're thinking, I'm not sure that I can do this. I'm not sure I can put the next foot in front and the next foot in front and just keep going. Remember why you're doing what you do. Know that someone is on your side and just keep going. At the process effect. We make it simpler to incorporate learning processes that have an amazing effect. Thank you for joining us. 